0: Hallelujah. Greetings in Jesus' name. I am Peter Chanda, from Zambia. I am married one wife. <laughs> and I have five children. Four girls and one boy. The first born is 43 years. The last born is 25 years. And I have um, nine grandchildren four girls and five boys. Two of my grandchildren are in the university now, 18 and 17. And uh, it is really pleasure for me to be uh, in your midst. I don't look like a preacher man, <laughs> but I look like myself. Praise the Lord. Now, the thing that I'm going to be talking about today, I think that I feel <coughs> will be able to change your way of thinking, to change your way of approaching the Word of God, and to see who you are. You need to see who you are. If you are going to walk in victory over Satan, you must be fully aware of your identification with Christ in every stage of your redemptive, of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. When you know your redemptive rights and the positioning, you will develop and constantly carry a victory mentality. You know, until you know and understand of who you are by virtue of your new birth, you will still remain in the very bondage of Satan from which Jesus Christ has actually set us free. We've been set free. It becomes easy to appropriate your liberty when you know your rights. When you know who you are, when you know you are a child of God, then you can appropriate your rights and you can live a free life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away and the new has come. Now, he doesn't say it is a renovation. (laughs) You are not a renovated person. You are a complete new man, new woman. And that is what you really need to know and understand. You are a new creation. By virtue of Christ's redemptive work, you have become a new creation. Now, let me, let's see that Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I think we'll begin, maybe if you can give me the Scripture before that. Um, 16. Let's see if we can have that one. It's still coming. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, You see, in 16, it gives us something like, okay, it's there. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do no longer, we do no longer regard him that way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have gone, and the new has come. Now, that is what you must understand. You're no longer going to be regarded, you know, uh, from the worldly point of view, the way we know you is an individual. You know, by this, you have become accepted in the beloved, the family of the Father God. God declares you righteous. He becomes your real father. Real father. And you become his real child. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, As many as received him to them gave him power to become children of God. Now, if you are a child of God, you have become a partaker of his divine nature. That's what Peter says. We become partakers of that divine nature. And so we are not regarded as we were in the time past. And this is very, very important. He becomes, or he comes into you with all his strength, glory and majesty, and makes you strong in him. You become strong in him. And this is very important. Now, you are God's offspring. You are his loved son or daughter. You occupy a special place in his heart. Now, all of us that are parents, your children occupy a special place in your life, in your heart. You have As a child of God, you have his nature, his life, his spirit, his faith, and his love. Everything God is and has is now made available to you. I hope you understand this. It's now made available to you. And if it is made available to you, whatever God has, belongs to you. And whatever God can do is also available to you. You are a child of God. You have become one with Christ. You are joined with him. What you lost in Adam in the beginning, you have gained in Christ. You are now restored to your former place of authority and dominion. Because when God created man, he said, let them have dominion. Let them subdue. Let them be victorious. Let them rule. And so the moment you become a child of God, you are restored to that very, even though you are in the world. They say you are in the world, but you are not of the world. You can now hold a sway over every situation. In life, by virtue of your new class of being, you're a different class. You are an invincible. You are as invincible and indestructible. Hey, listen. You are as invincible and indestructible as God is. Now, it might sound funny. They can kill this body. But he cannot kill my soul. Amen. Amen. I belong to God. I belong to Christ. I am part of him. And so the devil has no authority. The devil has to bow to me. Because the Bible says you have been lifted up. And you have made to sit with Christ in heavenly place. And God has put everything under Christ. And you are in Christ. You are seated with Christ in heaven. hid in God. So if the devil has to find you, he has to destroy God first. He has to destroy Jesus Christ in whom you are hidden. So that is the position that you have. That is where you are. The nature of God is yours personally. You have been declared more than a conqueror. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for me, who can be against me? In all these things, the Bible says we are more than conquerors. And when we understand this, it becomes extremely difficult. Difficult for the devil to find the room. The devil comes and he has nothing in me. I don't have anything that belongs to him. Because I belong to Jesus. And therefore, God took you out of the powers and the kingdom of the devil. And translated you into the kingdom of his son, of his love. This is a mystery. But it is the truth and it's real. It is a mystery. You are no longer the person whom it was so cheap for the devil to cheat, oppress, and afflict. Now you can boldly say, Satan, get lost. You can now boldly say, Satan, forsake. I'm telling you, you can now order him. You can now tell the devil how to behave. You can now tell the devil that I'm in charge. You are not in charge. You can now tell the devil. I remember one time, one of our relatives was dying wasn't quite an old man. And so, my mother had come to visit with us and then said, you know, this relative of ours is very sick and he's dying. Now, if he dies, will you attend his funeral? Because I never really went there. So, but this particular evening, it was so serious, the man was actually dying that day. So we went there and we found a man really almost finding uh, life. He was gasping, almost gasping for his life. And I asked the man, I said, Sir, what is the problem? (laughs) He said, I am dying. but I don't want to die here. I want to go and die home where my children are because he was just visiting with one of his sons. Then I said to him, then that's not a problem. We shall postpone death. I said, "Well, I said, yes, we will just postpone death because you don't want to die here and when die home. So, we prayed, very short prayer, and I said, Lord, we postpone death. Let him not die here. Let him go and die home. So suddenly, from nowhere, the man who was almost gasping for his death, for his life, suddenly he came alive, and he stayed two weeks in Livingstone. And after staying two weeks, his children prepared victuals for him to go home and eventually went home. Three weeks later at home, he died according to his request. Because he had requested to go and die at home. And that is exactly the authority and power that we have. It's the Bible says When you ask God, when you pray, believe that, don't think that you're going to stay. Believe them with your heart. And the Bible says you will have whatsoever you will say. That's a privilege in which we are right now as children of God. You are translated. At salvation, you are translated into the kingdom of God. Colossians 13, the Bible says who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been translated into the kingdom of the sons he loves. Ha! All those who God loves he has translated them into the kingdom of those loves. now, the kingdom of darkness. There are all forms of evil, all manner of sickness, affliction, embarrassment, torment, bad luck, which hold you away. And you know, all this is in the kingdom of darkness. Now, the inhabitants have no source of help. Those that are in the kingdom of darkness, they have no source of help as long as they continue dwelling there, they are ruled and governed by the devil. He is in control. But the Bible says we are not like that. We have been translated. We have been shifted. We have been transferred, if you want, from that darkness and where there is... The Bible calls... People of that kingdom, he called them the children of disobedience. And the devil continually lords it over them. They cannot protest because he's in charge. They have no right to protest against the devil. He is in charge. They have no right. No. And their will has been actually submitted to the devil. And they are servants of sin, according to Romans six verse sixteen. Held in bondage by the by the devil, but you are no longer. The Bible says under the devil's domain. So he has more control. Op- he has no control over you, and you are free. He can't. He don't touch. You know. One time, long time, 1985, was it you know? 1975, 78. And I went to the hospital, and um, the doctor put that machine to check on my blood pressure and said, Oh, you have high blood pressure. And I said, When am I going to be well? The doctor says, no, this is a condition which you need to live by. And all you have to do is learn to control. You should not be very happy. (laughs) You should also not be very angry. And I said, what? (laughs) What kind of sickness is this? It doesn't allow you to be happy. It doesn't allow you, you know, to be angry. So how can I be? And I told the doctor, I will never come back again. (laughs) And I have no hospital card since 1978. I am 68 now. And as I was going home, I was telling Jesus. You know, you, when you talk to Jesus, you talk to him like you are talking to an, a fellow man. And I said, Lord Jesus, you are living in my body. You, you have taken occupancy of my life. How come you are living there with high blood pressure? did you become friends with high blood pressure? (laughs) And I said, no. I must live according to your word. So I received total healing. I received victory. And I have never been to the hospital since (laughs) (laughs) 1917. I'm not what God has translated us into they caught me right. I am not saying Christians cannot be sick. I am not saying, you know, Christians cannot be attacked by the evil one. This body is, can never be saved. This body will not be born again. This body, the Bible says, it will only be changed at the right time. In a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, we shall all be changed. The Bible says we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. But you see, you can live victoriously when you begin to learn what the Word of God says. You know, in uh, in America, those I mean, of you that are coming from America. I think it is in Canada, or is it in America, where they have the Niagara Falls? Well, I don't know. Is it in Canada? It's just at the border. And I'm told, I'm told that at Niagara Falls, there are some guys who would tie a rope on one end, and go across the Niagara Falls, and they would go rope-walking on the rope, And they just move there with their stick. And I'm told, I don't know how true this story is. Those who live there maybe would have experienced this. So this guy one day comes with a wheelbarrow and he pushes the wheelbarrow full of cement or whatever heavy stuff. And he's pushing it across the, the Niagara Falls. And he comes and everybody is watching and they're like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Then he says, do you, do you believe I can do this? They say, yes, yes, yes. They're seeing him moving there. He takes this and goes back, not once, but twice, maybe three times or more times. Then at the end of the whole episode, he now says, any volunteer, come and sit on the Wubar, I push you over there. <laughs> nobody dared to volunteer. They were scared. They could see him do these things. They could say you can do it. But when he says, can you, anyone volunteer to sit on this? Everybody said, no, that's not for me. (laughs) It is for some other people. (laughs) Now let me tell you, that's exactly the way we treat God's word. We believe God has said it. We believe God can do it. But when it comes to doing it, it's not for me. It's for the other people. It is for those who have greater faith. It is for those big men, you know. But let me tell you, you're a child of God. And so I I am told that one little boy volunteered to sit on the wheelbarrow. And it turned out to be that that was the son of that same man. Now, let me tell you, the child of that same man trusted the father. says, so even if he, needs, he puts me on this rope around on that rope, he would definitely not allow me to die. He will push me over that rope, and I'm going to reach the other end. Because he trusted that he, this is my father. And so, if we trust God, and the children do, some of you that are mothers here and fathers, put your son or your child on that pole there and tell them to jump. They will jump. Whether you are strong or you are weak, they will jump because they will trust you and that you will be able to do it. Now, if our children can actually trust us, If our children can trust us so much, how much more should we not trust our father? Now he can do what he said he would do. You have been brought out of darkness into light. You have become a partaker of the life and nature of the father God. And therefore, the highest class there is, that is to be a child of God, is God and his family. This is where you belong. You belong to God and his family. Now, I would like you to be aware of the beauty of the translation. The essence of Christian borders on it. You know, that essence of Christianity borders on that translation. And uh, until you experience it, you remain terrestrial and every thing that functions here on earth will work against you. And destroy you. Remember, the devil has only three assignments. He comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his assignment. He does every day. And he's full-time at it. If you're a part-time Christian, he is full-time devil. I'm telling you he doesn't give give up he is full time and full time against you he will tell you when you are wearing white he says you are wearing black he will tell you when you are well he will tell you you are sick he will tell you even when the bible says you have been healed in, in Jesus The devil tells you, no, you are sick. Who has trusted our word? Who hears the word? Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. But if you are a goat, we don't know. (laughs) But I am a sheep. I hear the voice of God. If you don't hear, what if you don't hear his voice? Whose voice do you hear? And there's so much noise in this world. So much noise of this, noise of corona, noise of sicknesses, noise of diseases, noise of this one, noise, everything. And we are listening to that. We don't want to listen to the word of God. We don't want to listen to the voice of God. We are listening to what the world is saying. I tell you, one day we were in a meeting and a young man, you know, um, we were praying and he preached after preaching the word of God. And then he wanted to pray for the sick. And so uh, there came a woman who was blind. And this young man I was with you know, was to, to to pray. So the the, the senior pastor of that church, you know, who was um, a believer, a Pentecostal, one at it, and comes and whispers in the ears of this young man. Says, "No, this woman has no bows in the eyes. So even if you pray, there are no bows for for the eyes to see." The young man said, No, the Bible didn't say they shall lay hands on those with bows. <laughs> but it says they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. The blind eyes will open. And so, what this young man did was to lay hands on this blind w- woman uh, w- with no bows, and suddenly from nowhere. She began to see. And she says, I can see. I can see. To the amazement of this senior pastor who has been sitting in the church with this woman with no balls, and now the balls have come, and she can see. If you don't trust God, then don't ask him for anything. You can only ask him if you trust him. He's going to do it. Yes, you can only ask him. You know, you are a peculiar people. (laughs) That's what you are—peculiar people. When you are born again, you are peculiar. Every clergy person is peculiar treasure. You are not common. Acts chapter 10, verse 15. You're not a common man. You are bought with a price, the precious blood of the Lamb. You belong to loyalty. You are the holiness of God, chosen to show forth the praises of on earth. Given to give the price. We are representatives. The Bible says you are an ambassador for Christ, you know, an ambassador for any other country usually is addressed by the title of their president or whosoever govern. You hear them, your excellence, because they are calling their president your excellence. Now, if we are ambassadors of Christ, we represent Christ and fully so. Because why? We are his children. We are his children. And if we are his children, then we can enjoy uh, that responsibility that he has given. You are a peculiar, different, to be in this. Strange, isn't it? The, the, the other time I was in a meeting and this guy, you know, they are trying to, to cast out the devil and then and as they were casting out devils, the devil began to speak through this particular person He says, oh, no, you see, this kind do not come out except by prayer and fasting. So you go in the fast first. Then you come and cast me out. Then I told the people, I said, no. Since when did the devil tell the truth? (laughs) The devil is the father of lies. So he tells you the truth. It lies, so don't believe him. And I said, well, these, maybe these are the people, you know, they need to go in the fast. But as for me, I will cast you out now. And you must go. And he has to obey. But you are a chosen generation. First Peter 2, 9-10 to 10, He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth praises of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Which is in time past, we are not a people, but now the people of God. You are not a people, but now you are a people of God. Now if you are a people of God, you know, sometimes the devil even gets surprised. I'm sure he does get surprised how we don't believe our God the way things ought to be. You know, sometimes we even accuse him of certain things that the devil has not done. We accuse him to say, no, we have done this. And one day he would say, on the day of judgment, you say, ah, where, where did you see me? I was not around. <laughs> I didn't do this. (laughs) It it is only you. You know. James 1 13 says, let no man God does not tempt anyone. Let no man say when he's tempted that he's tempted of God. Because God does not tempt any man. And he says, A man is tempted. You know. By when his own desires. The devil is not there. I I I can't see the devil there. Says you are tempted because of your desires, and the things that you desire, when they give birth, you know, when they get they conceive, they give birth to sin, and the sin gives birth to death. Simple as that. Where is the devil there? He's not around. You are alone. The way man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So, now your, your ways are past Finding out. You are assigned and the wonder. You know, decked in God's holiness. That's what you are. Showing forth his glory on the earth. That's what we are supposed to be. God can do marvelous. You are above all. The Bible says he that is from above is above all. And you are born again from above. And so if you are from above, you are above all. The devil must know that you are above all. And when you begin to think that way, the word begins to work mightily in you. You begin to get accustomed to thinking the way God thinks. You begin to think, and your mind. You know the Bible says our warfare is not carnal; it's not physical. It is the war of the mind. Pe- people do not think right. They think worldly. They think the way the things of this world are. But if you think in the Word of God, I tell you, things can change. You can remain victorious. You can actually be a victor. And we are not victims, we are victors. You can't be a victim. He that comes from above is above all. By the scripture you are above all. Everything that is happening on earth, failure, disease, sickness, poverty, depression, frustration, rejection, Barrenness, miscarriage, life, threatening whatever things that are threatening your life. Just think of it. Because you are from above, where you are seated with Christ. Ephesians 2.6. You are above all things. And that's where you are. Above. You know, when God was sending the children of Israel to cross and enter into a land of promise, in Deuteronomy 28, he tells them of a number of things. If thou shalt hearken unto my word, these are the things that are going to follow you. You are blessed in the town. You are blessed when you come out of the town. Your pocket will be blessed. You know, your, your children will be blessed. And nothing. But if you do not listen to my word, and these are the things, he they will even come over you and they will overtake you. So it is a matter of, you know, believing God in what He has said. There is an innate victory. You are a winner. You are a winner. There is an innate victory mentality in your new nature. God's nature is contrary to defeat and failure. He cannot fail, God cannot fail. He has never failed. Now if Jesus never fails and you are part of him. So the scripture that says if God be for us, who can be against us? Now if God is for us, anyway he's only for us certain times. But maybe now today I'm not sure. One guy, one day went and looked at the mountain and said, you mountain I want you to get out from here tomorrow. I want to make a farm. uh, So, because the word of God says, you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And you shall have. So I'm telling you mountain to be removed so that I make a farm. And the following day, looking from afar, he could still see the mountain. And then he says, I knew that the mountain would not move. Then why tell the mountain to move when you know it will not move? (laughs) You see, people, don't say things unless you are sure. The word of God says it. If you are doubting, don't say it. Elijah was able to say, there will be no rain. For these three and a half years until I say so. And later on, when we read about Elijah, we hear that actually he said so according to the word of God. He had the word of God for it. And so if you have the word of God, then you say according to the word of God. And I want to tell you, brethren, when you stand by the word of God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. For anyone, some of you you're having an impossible thing, the doctor can say anything. You know, my daughter, 43 years now, when she was two, she started becoming blind. And we took her to the hospital, and the doctor looked in the eyes with torches and looked at the eyes and said, mm, I don't give you hope. Your daughter is going to be blind. And then I left the hospital, I went to the brothers, and I said, Brethren, the doctor has an evil report. The Bible says in First Peter two twenty four, we were healed, and if we were then she is. So let us pray for my daughter to see. And so we held hands at the railway station and we prayed. And in the afternoon, I went home. I went to the hospital. My daughter, who was not able to see certain things, she began to see. The following morning, the doctor checked again. He says, I don't understand. What I saw yesterday is different from what I'm seeing now. There is hope that this is going to see again. I said, chipewa, take off your heart. This is Jesus' stuff. When Jesus says, you shall ask anything, it shall be done for you. That is a done deal because that's what I am. I'm a child of God. By the way, brethren, do you know that at one time the people wanted to stone Jesus Christ in John 10, I think 20, 30, You know, um, he said, they said, you know, he asked them, I said, for which one of these things are you stoning me? They said, no, for you being blasphemous, you being a man, you you, you make yourself equal to God. Then he said, ah, but it, it is written in your word that I said, you are God. And how come you talk about the one who has come from above and say, I blaspheme because I said I and the one are and the Father are equal. Are, are one. Not are equal, but are one. How? Because we are one with Christ. We are one with him. So we have taken his nature and we have that divine nature. We are children of God. And that's why we can tell the devil to get lost. Because we are children of God. We have the victory. We are winners. There is no fight, however, fierce, no battle, however tough, that you cannot win. Because you are on the winning team. You are on the A team. Hallelujah. You can have as many victories and battles as you have as long as you abide in God and know him intimately when you know him as a friend, when you know him as a father, your degree of exploits become unlimited. There is no limit to what God will do or give you victory over Satan at any time. No limit. It's unlimited. You are only limited by the way you think. You are only limited by the the way you believe the the word of God. You are his very seed you are the apple of his eyes. Stop looking down on yourself because you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You know, Ah, you know, we're living with Luke and his wife and they have a a very uh, amazing child. You know, that child speaks like an adult. You know, the way she analyzes things, you can see this one. By the time she's 10 years, we don't know the level of our thinking. And, you know, when you are living with your father and mother who love you, who care for you, you're able to express yourself without any fear. So if we are children of God and God is our father, we have nothing to hide from him. We can express ourselves before our father and we can live a victorious life and we can be victorious. This is the truth. We are his children. A cow begots a cow. A cat begots a cat. We are begotten of God. So we are God's children. Our father in Psalm 106 verse 7 to 10 it says, our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of the mercies. but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make is my power be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also and it was dried up. So he led through the depths and the wilderness and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed the children of Israel from the hands of the enemy. He can redeem you. He can redeem you from whatever problem. I I think I don't need to finish this sermon. I think we are convinced that God is our father. I think we are convinced that God can do anything. I think we are convinced that God can set us free. I think we are convinced that we belong to the upper class. We are above Because we are from above. Listen to me. Those who have this privilege are only those that are born again. Those that have received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Those that have committed their lives to him they are the ones who have that privilege. You know? God will not tolerate your being messed up, treated anyhow by the devil. No, it is not part of the agenda. It is not part of the covenant. It is not part of the uh, work of God. Those who attempted to wrong the people of Israel, they paid dearly. Those who attempt to mess up with my life, they will pay dearly. I don't have to complain. As long as they touch me, they touch the apple of his eye. He reacts, I don't have to pray. You know, some people say, no, we, I'm going to pray dangerous prayers now. No, you don't need to pray dangerous prayers. (laughs) You know, we start praying dangerous prayers. You know, letting them die. You know, when they they were persecuted, the children of the, uh, the church, early church, when they were persecuted, you know what happened? They didn't go to their own people and say, no, let us, you know, these Pharisees, this San Henry, they are treating us badly. Let's bind them, let them die, let them do this. No. They said, they prayed, grant us boldness that we might speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. They didn't bind them. God took care of that. So don't worry about Satan. He comes and he has nothing for you. in you. And therefore, today, I don't care. I don't mind whatever problem you may be having. For me, when I started ministry, some 42 uh, years ago, 42 years ago, since 1980, I've been running with this ministry. I said, Lord, even if I lay hand on this one, and he dies, that's not my problem. I just lay because you said, "They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover." He didn't say they may recover; it could be. No, he said they will. So I lay hand, and if it you don't work, that's your problem. It is not my problem. <laughs> the problem many people fear to to do. You know, the things that God said, they must too. They are fearing people. What will the people say? What are the people going to say? Listen, you have no reputation to protect. I have no reputation. Who am I? You know, one day I told the guy, I said, sometimes some of these people that you go to pray for, you don't need to pray for them to recover. You pray for them to prepare them to go home. So it is not your problem. So, whether you get healed or you don't healed, that's not my problem. But what I know, he's a healer. Hallelujah! Let's rise to our feet. Pray in the name of the Lord. I, it's not even nice to finish it. You know, sometimes you don't finish, so I leave it this way so that next time you'll say I should come again. <laughs>
1: like it's time to pray. Don't you think so? Just um, felt like through Peter uh, ministering this morning, the Lord is is stirring up faith in our hearts again. I loved that story and it felt like it resonated with our spirits of that that man on the tightrope saying, "Do, do you believe I can do this? Yeah, yeah, you can do this. Uh, and then he does it three times, and he's like, okay, cool, so who wants to jump in the wheelbarrow, and I'll do it with you? And no one puts their hands up in it, it. It's a provoking story, because it's true, that you know, we believe God can do this. Yes, he's done it many times before, but it's it's for somebody else, you know? But actually, we we needing in that moment, and in this moment, to actually trust the Lord for a few things. And it's easy to believe that God can, but actually... It was the little boy whose father it was that was willing to get in the wheelbarrow. And it, sometimes a bit of an orphan spirit of not actually 100% believing that I am his child, that he that he does love me. And um, it felt like that story that Jacob shared and the story that uh, uh, Peter shared now about praying and, and feeling overwhelmed and God coming and just putting his arms around him and saying, you're my boy. He's doing a bit of that this morning. But actually, I do care about you. Yeah, actually, I do. I'm, I am there for you. And I've got two things. The Lord challenging like an orphan spirit in us. That yes, he can. Yes, he's done it. But actually, I don't trust him for what I'm going through right now. I don't actually trust him. And 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 a poverty mentality. That he's challenging a poverty mentality. In that, and the poverty mentality is actually when you're wealthy but you still act like a poor person. That's a poverty mentality. And actually, Jesus is our Father. God is our Father. And that His provision is for us, that we can trust Him. And it feels like this morning, He's challenging us to say, will you trust me? Will you almost get into that wheelbarrow? And so um, maybe let's just close eyes, but I feel like a number of things the Lord wants us to actually respond in faith in prayer. And trust him this morning for a few things. Is that cool?